Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So the veterans started reporting to training camp in St. Joe yesterday. Some familiar faces were there. Some were not. What's the story? Kind of uh, interesting to see, um, and most of them did report yesterday and last night. There's some stragglers who will come in later today. First practice is tomorrow, but yeah, not to see Tyreek Hill there and Charvarius Ward and Tyran Matthew and people of that caliber. These are these are Chiefs who are familiar to the whole setting, and you expect to see them in the Chiefs uniform, and that's the nature of professional sports. They are not there. Then not seeing Orlando Brown, not terribly surprising. Now, whether or not he shows up at all during training camp, uh, who, who, who knows what's going to happen, but there were newcomers. Juju Smith-Schuster is there. Uh, uh, the Scantling kid, Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Green Bay Packers has shown up. And, and, and these are guys who can play. Are they Tyreek Hill? No, nobody is Tyreek Hill. But by the same token, they're going to fit in pretty well. McCole Hardman is there. Is one, one not surprising. Believe me, it's not surprising because I never expected the guy to play anyway. And we're talking about Justin Ross, who was a free agent pickup IR, from Clemson. Yeah. But he's on the IR, so he is out for the year. Now, that doesn't mean, folks, that his career is over. What the Chiefs are going to do is stockpile him, get him well, heal him up. He has a foot injury as, as well, of course, the fusion. That's there. That's, that's happened. Foot injury he can get over. But over and above that, he's still in a walking boot. So, hey, why risk anything at all? We have some pretty good receivers. Guy has great talent. Can he physically get it done? We're not going to find out this year. But we will next year if he's physically able to do it. And that's very much in question. But over and above all that, you've got to work around the team. You've got to get them together as a unit. And Andy Reid knows this fully well. If Orlando Brown doesn't show, Andy Reid said, if he's here, great. If he's not, we'll move on. You've got uh, Joe Tooney there who I think can fill in at least for a little while and play very respectable football. So there are a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about what's going to happen. Yeah, as long as they can protect 15, that's all that I care about. (laughs) Here's the key. Yeah, that is the key, my man. All right, so um, let's talk about track and field in those championships, my man. Well, we just had the World Track and Field Championships uh, over the weekend, this past weekend, out in Eugene, Oregon, at the new stadium. My goodness sake, the Nike folks have really gone over and above. They got the money to pull it off. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> this is a 25,000-seat stadium built just for track and field, and it was built to attract the World Championships, the Track and Field World Championships, which had, get this, never been held in the United States. Never. But indeed, uh, they were this year. They were enticed there by this new stadium and by the fact that it is the USA. And we saw a terrific performance by the USA. Won 33 medals. 13 of them were gold. New world record for Sidney McLaughlin, who may be, may be the top athlete in the world. There were other world records set, but this McLaughlin, she is something else. University of Kentucky product from New Jersey. She set a world record in the 400 meters. She's a gold medal winner in last year's Olympics in the 400 meters. Terrific performance by a lot of really good athletes. And really, Mike, what this does is set the stage for the Olympics six years from now. Now, there's another Olympics coming up. It'll be in Paris in 2024. But then the Olympics in Los Angeles. That's six years away. Is the USA going to 
really populate that Olympics in terms of attendance? Are the, are the fans going to be there? Well, we're about to find out. Anyway, it gets a head start with the World Championships last weekend, and, the, and it was a lot of fun. Man, I can't. I just, the last time, I think I was in L.A. probably the summer before the pandemic. It just, every time I go out there, it's just like, it just seems like it gets more crazy and more crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine what it's going to be like when the Olympics go there. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. Altogether different area. Oh, absolutely, my dude. All right, it's not official yet, but what are your thoughts on the proposed changes to what's already been a pretty crazy transfer portal? Well, I am very much doubting the validity behind all of this. Now, I know the council has come through, the NCAA council, and they're changing the rule. Now, this is pending a vote, but you know that vote. That's a rubber stamp. If the council approves it, then the rule will be made. As it stands now, if you're in the transfer portal, you're allowed to transfer one time, not lose any eligibility at all, play right away and all that. And then if you do it again, then you have to sit out a year. That's about to be gone. You're about to transfer whenever you want to, whatever you do, whenever you do, and play right away no matter what. How do I feel about it? Well, I, I think all it's doing is creating free agency in college sports. We're slowly seeing college sports turn into a sports minor league, a triple-A farm team, getting guys ready for the pros. I, I just I just can't agree with the circumstance. Now, the council says the rule will better support student-athletes, improve efficiency and timeliness, and improve clarity. What? <laughs> Who wrote that? What's this all about? <laughs> hey, I'm not the brightest bulb in the world, but I don't know what the hell that means. So, but here's the thing. You know what it makes me think of? I, I don't know how familiar you are with fantasy football, but in fantasy football, there are always those guys in your league that just play the waiver wire just for the sake of taking <laughs> away players. That's what it feels like. You're going to have guys that play for three or four different teams before they go pro. Well, that's, you know what? That is a possibility. Hell yeah, it's a possibility. And it was pointed out that yesterday when this rule was really made clear, and it's going to be voted on, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken, that you can have a guy. Here, Mike Holmes, ladies and gentlemen, let's see. He was uh, last year at Purdue. year before that, he was UCLA. year before that, he was Kentucky. Boy, this guy's really educated, isn't he? It doesn't make any sense. No development. You're, the colleges can't form systems and, and bank on guys coming back. And just, oh, my God, guys getting upset because their feelings got hurt and they didn't get played as much as they wanted to. And, and that is I a mean, possibility just, uh, right hell there. Hell, yeah, it is. So it wasn't as bad as the Royal situation where literally like half their team couldn't go to Canada. But... I would say, considering the guys that aren't going to Canada for the Cardinals, they at least count as two, in my in my opinion. So not ten, but four. <laughs> but uh, who's going to replace those guys on the roster? I disagree with you a little bit. I think it counts a whole lot more than yeah, that. That's kind of, well, I didn't want to. I wanted. I was trying to keep it conservative because I didn't want you to throw anything at me if I <laughs> no. was too liberal. Uh, the, that, that's the heart of their team. That's mm-hmm. the heart of their batting order. Goldschmidt and Arnato not being able to play tonight and tomorrow night in Toronto. They have not been vaccinated. Austin Romine is the third person. So what the Cardinals have done is go to the farm system and called up three guys for just a couple of days. Uh, Yvonne Herrera, who was a catcher down here with the Springfield Cardinals last year, he has been with the big club this year, been up and down from Memphis to St. Louis, has caught well, but hasn't really hit all that well, so it's been a bit of a problem. Connor Capel, who's been up and down with the club, and a guy with whom I'm not familiar at all, Corey Spangenberg. Those three were called up, and uh, they will replace 
the three individuals who are not on there. Also, how about Steven Matz? There's a guy who's pitching great baseball on Saturday against Cincinnati. He's got him shut out. He's got them eating out of his hand. He's a guy who has great potential, been out with a shoulder problem, making his first start back. Pitching great has Cincinnati completely baffled. Runs over to pick up a ground ball, a little bunt down the first baseline. Tears ligaments in his knee. This is a star-crossed year for Steven Matz, and he's very frustrated. So they have him on the 15-day injured list right now, but he may have to undergo surgery, and that'll require some kind of a rehab. Good gracious sakes alive. Does anything go right? Anyway, the two-game two game situation as far as uh, Goldschmidt and Arnado is concerned, tonight and tomorrow night, then they're back with the Cardinals again and join them in Washington, D.C., Feel so bad for that dude. Feel so, so bad for that dude. But sometimes that's how it goes in sports. All right. Well, how the Royals do? How about this? Here come uh, Shoei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels into Kansas City. And their first game, they don't do squat. Shut out by the Kansas City Royals 7-0 and Zach Greinke. How about Zach Greinke? They, they only allow him to pitch about five innings or so. He is 39 years old. Not that that's old, but... In terms of pitching, they want to keep him around for a while. Five innings, he allowed three hits, five strikeouts, shutout baseball. Then four relievers came in and blanked the Los Angeles Angels. Otani was one for four in his leadoff position. Of course, Mike Trout isn't playing. He's on the injured list. But this is a feeble Los Angeles Angels team, and the Royals blanked them 7-0. A nice win for Kansas City, and don't look now, but they are playing better baseball. Well, it's good they're starting to click. It's just uh, maybe a little too late. All right. Come down to this. Live <laughs> Tour, PGA Tour. Only one can remain. No, I'm kidding. But they are going to kind of go at a little bit of a battle this weekend, aren't they? This is head-to-head in terms of TV ratings and things of that nature because there is a live tour. It's in New Jersey at the Trump National Course in Bedminster, New Jersey, which is, Mike, one of the finest courses in the world. It's a tremendous challenge, and it's where the PGA was going to be held this year, was. And then the PGA took it away from there. I'm talking about the PGA National, one of the four majors. And PGA took it away on January 7th after the episode in Washington. Trump is really, really angry. And now he is doing nothing but criticizing the PGA at every turn. He's vindictive. That's the way the man is. He's going to get back at him. So he's allowing the Live Tour to come in there and play there. And this is a, this is a personal opinion, kind of their bogus pro golf tour. Shotgun start in pro golf? You are kidding me. But nope, that's how they do it. And everybody getting paid no matter what? Come on, people. Where's the competitive aspect? All right, over and, over and above that. The PGA is playing in the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. It's an $8 million first prize. The big difference, in my opinion, here is the big difference. It's good golf either way you look at it. Live Tour is not a, not a sham. They're good golfers playing on that thing. So it is in the PGA. Big difference? Live Tour streaming. Hulu, maybe whatever else. I'm not even sure. I've got Hulu. I'm not even <laughs> sure you can see it on that. Uh, streaming TV. Rocket Mortgage Classic, CBS. Thank you. Game over. <laughs> uh, I think you're right on that one. But uh, more importantly, everyone, Ned just admitted he has a streaming service and pronounced it correctly. So 
I'm proud of you, sir. Yeah. Is there any other way you can pronounce who? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we can find out. All right. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>